Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
So my name is Yen and I have been listening right to Breakfast with Champions and I've been receiving my daily dose of motivation, education and inspiration from this amazing community and I am so happy to be able to contribute to this early mornings segment. I am an entrepreneur now. Um, I left Wall Street where I worked for 14 years as a trader to start my own medical AI business in 2019 and the focus of our research is longevity. So if you're looking for longevity related content to listen to, please feel free to check out my Twitter as well as uh, my LinkedIn. And um, around the same time, my family also launched a hedge fund. We trade cryptocurrencies with AI powered algorithms and both businesses have really been thriving since. So we're really grateful of how the Lord has been blessing us. Now, last time here, I talked about the importance of paying attention to our bodies, right, as part of our spirituality. And of course, as, as it, or when it comes to today's title of the room, for me, I definitely pledge my allegiance and I put my trust in Jesus. And remember though, during my last segment, that score I asked everyone to get, right, from your body. I wonder in the past week, has that performance score of you as the carer for your body improved or deteriorated at all? So let us know in the chat. I'll be checking later on and I'll be cheering you on as well. And um, I also want to thank you uh, to say a thank you to everyone who has uh, messaged me right, with words of encouragement as well as future topic suggestions as I always ask for some feedback for my segment. So thank you so much for letting me know what content you would love for me to cover. So in general, I love talking about the financial markets and um, artificial intelligence, especially uh, its application in the medical and investment fields, um, as well as Web3 um, and the digital asset revolution. So all of these topics are available for you in the future. They are all on your breakfast menu for you to choose from. But over the past week, no doubt the topic of focus has been what's going on in Ukraine. And my thoughts and prayers go out to all the people affected in the conflict zone. How can we you know, go on and talk about wealth and wellness? whilst ignoring the humanitarian crisis happening in other parts of the world because we are all connected as one body. Though there is nothing grand I was able to do, but I am just really grateful that here on Clubhouse, I was at least able to contribute a little bit to those who wanted to be informed regarding how the central banks handle currency depreciation and hyperinflation during crisis times. Now, when there is a crisis like this, I do believe that every one of us in every walk of life can contribute in our small ways with what we have and what we know as long as we're willing to offer our support and service. And that is also to do with who and where you pledge your allegiance as well, right? So, um, this is also, I feel that, um, you know, it is really amazing to be part of this community because this community is so compassionate and always going out of our way, right, to help others. 
So I'm really happy to be here. But uh, for today, it seems that from the feedback that I have received from my fellow champions, um, you wanted me to follow up on what I shared last time. And uh, you want to know a little bit more about what I said about aging as well as getting some practical tips on how to improve our overall wellness and health span. So that is what we will talk about a little bit more today. And I've also invited Dr. Vince along. He is one of my co-founders at Snow Hill Science, the medical AI startup. I'll be badging him up in a bit. So back in 2000, that is where we're going to start our talk um, from. So there is a guy called Stephen Alstadt, and he is a biologist. Okay, So he um, studies aging and he was quoted in Scientific American. And uh, in that article, he started with a provocative statement. He said the first 150-year-old person is probably alive right now. Now, that was in the year 2000. And then at the time, another expert on aging called Jay Olshansky, he disagreed. So the two scientists at the time, they agreed to stake money on that debate. And then 16 years later in 2016, they then actually doubled down on their wager. Now, this raises an interesting question or debate, doesn't it? Do you believe a person who will live to the age of 150 has already been born? Now, when we think about life from the time that we are born to the time that we die, we often have this kind of picture in mind because it is a commonly held conception that we probably reach our peak performance at the age of around 30 to 40. And then after that, we begin to decline. Also, we tend to think that this process called aging is inevitable. It is just a consequence of getting older and that our body will gradually but surely deteriorate and there is nothing we can do to change the course of our body's decline. But thanks to the researchers in the field of longevity, this commonly held preconception is slowly changing. If we really look after our body and we really focus on disease prevention, such as um, you know leading healthy lifestyles, eating well, exercise, sleep well, we really can put ourselves on a different curve or trajectory, and potentially we can increase not just our health span but also our lifespan. With the growing pace of technological advancements in areas like diagnostics, biomarkers, nutritional science drug discovery, therapeutics, and data-driven advancement in machine learning and artificial intelligence, there is really hope that we can make real scientific advancements to help increase our lifespan and longevity. And as we look into the distant future, it really is entirely possible that we could slow down this aging process significantly. So for example, if we could detect early on maybe some uh, minor signs of damage to our organs and we enable our bodies to repair this damage so that it doesn't progress or eventually we could even replace certain aspects of our body so that it does not degrade as quickly then ultimately this could lead to increasing both the health span and the lifespan of an individual and of course that is part of what our company is working on as well so one of the areas that I mentioned where we see growing pace of technological advancement is nutritional science. And within that space, what I personally get asked most is about 
fasting. So perhaps today we will focus a little bit on that uh, for the rest of the time. So when we talk about fasting and the benefits to our longevity, there is this one thing that um, I don't know whether everyone remember when you were growing up. Certainly for me, eating three meals a day is something of a tradition for me. Um, I, I remember my parents and uh, our family doctor used to always emphasize the importance of eating three meals a day and eating them on time. However, increasingly we notice that right over the past several years, more and more scientific evidence points to the benefits of fasting. And this is not just for weight loss, but also to help prolong lifespan. But at first, um, I want to clarify something. Fasting is in fact kind of an umbrella word and people actually, they really mean different things when they talk about fasting. Some people might be talking about calorie restriction and other people might be referring to time restricted eating. So within today's framework, we will pick just one to focus on because there are just so many and that is calorie restriction. Now, this was really first noticed in 1930s by Clive McKay. He is a nutritionist at Cornell. I don't know whether you've heard of him, but he was actually the first person to formally study fasting. And that was at the beginning of the 30s. Well, to be precise, McKay was actually not really interested in uh, longevity because his um, aim is to actually make animals grow faster for agricultural purposes. But when he was doing his experiments, he noticed that his animals, which were fish and dogs at the time, they seemed to be staying healthy for longer. And not just that, they were living longer as well when he fed them less. That was, that was super counterintuitive at the time when he tried uh, with rats later on to verify. He also noticed that the calorie restriction was making female mice live longer also. Now, although that was such a potentially important discovery, McKay didn't really follow up because as I've, I've really told you, he's not really interested in longevity. More recently though, the benefits of fasting have been pretty well studied in animals, particularly mice, to demonstrate its benefit. Mice that underwent calorie restriction Specifically, those that were only fed one meal a day, they on average live around 30% longer. And scientists then follow up the research in mice with studies in rhesus monkeys. And the largest study that was done in this space was by the University of Wisconsin and the uh, National Institute of Aging in the US. And I will talk a little bit about that in a bit more detail. So the Wisconsin study, they compared the control group of monkeys who ate as and whenever they wanted, whereas the other group ate a diet that was 30% less in calories, 30% less. And then 35 years later, the animals that ate less lived substantially longer and were healthier by all kinds of disease metrics. And remember, what I said earlier about the McKay study in the 1930s, right? Really similar results. So although admittedly, we don't yet have any similar studies in humans, or at least not yet published, um, and that is partially because in humans, it is much more difficult, right? To do these studies, given the fact that humans live much longer, 
And also, uh, you know, remember the study on monkeys was 35 years of study, right? So we know that, you know, that that kind of trial period um, needs to be super long. And, uh, and uh, also uh, the fact that um, it is very difficult, right, for us humans to be able to adhere to the dietary restrictions for such a long period of time under the strict clinical trial movement. And that is why we haven't really seen these studies published yet. But what we do know is that according to the scientists, fasting activates some very important longevity genes. And they're mainly mediated through two pathways known as the sirtuin genes and the mTOR genes. You'll be able to see these two mentioned uh, you know, in a lot of longevity related researches. So specifically, scientists have shown that uh, fasting actually upregulates the sirtuin pathway and also it downregulates the mTOR pathway, which further downstream then contributes to those uh, processes such as um, turning on the body's defense systems and repair processes and also uh, getting rid of dysfunctional proteins and uh, uh, improving your um, insulin sensitivity and also increasing energy. And all of these are really desirable results. So to sum it up before I hand over to Dr. Vince, in a more simplistic sense, whilst it might be counterintuitive as to why fasting or limiting food intake should increase our lifespan, because after all, isn't eating adequate amount of food supposed to be good for your health? But I guess the way to think about this is you need to keep your body primed and not relaxed too much. If your body thinks there is ample amount of food coming, it just... Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Doesn't need to turn on these defensive mechanisms, but by fasting, your body is being kept constantly on its toes and always ready to perform and combat against adversity and thereby constantly repairing and priming itself. And therefore, over the longer term, this then translates to increasing lifespan and longevity. So I guess the saying is true. I'm going to leave that with you, which says what doesn't kill you really makes you stronger. So with that, I will pass the mic to Dr. Vince as um, I have gone through what is aging, what is lifespan, what is longevity research, where it started, and especially on fasting from uh, 1930s right till now. And Dr. Vince uh, will be telling you the more up-to-date findings, which actually just came out, I think, you know, three weeks ago. It was a Yale study. I hope he will uh, uh, touch upon that. It was published in the journal called Science, which is hugely reputable. And you'll be able to find this article, I believe, on Dr. Vince's Twitter page um, if you check that out. And uh, Dr. Vince, I hope you're ready. I'm passing you the mic. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much, Yen, and thank you, champions. And it's an honor to be speaking here. So my name is Dr. Vince Barton-Dabuti. I'm a British-trained medical doctor and AI researcher based at the University of Hong Kong. 
And uh, yeah, so now Yen has spoken about lifespan and longevity research and just a brief kind of historical review, um, mostly in animals. I guess the reason why she asked me to come and share the, the research that was published in humans, um, which just came out recently in February. It was a study done by the Yale um, researchers, which published in Science. So yes, if you're interested in this, I will post a link on my Twitter later. So um, yeah, before I go deep down, I just want to sort of um, impart to you upon a concept today, which is that fat cells in our body is really like an organ, which has a very important role in your immune system. Your fat actually interacts with the other organs in your body. We know that, for example, by having a lot of fat around your liver, this increases the liver inflammation, and if left unchecked, can result in liver failure and cirrhosis. Similarly, having more fat around your heart actually increases the risk of you having a heart attack. So it is fairly established now that there's this kind of two-way relationship between fat in our body and the various different organs. Now, having a lot of fat means that you have a lot more of these so-called inflammatory molecules that are released into your body, which essentially works to perpetuate the inflammation that's happening all around these organs. I think everyone can easily understand that by losing weight, more specifically losing fat, you're going to have less of this happening and therefore should be clearly beneficial. But what most people may not know is the, the quality of these fat cells is also important. Now, by fasting, we know that not only do you lose fat, but also you alter the quality of these fat cells in our body and actually literally making them stronger and more adaptive to fight our, you know, our body's immune system. In other words, hopefully by the end of my sharing, you'll realize that by fasting, you're not only altering the quantity you know, of the fat cells, but also the quality of our fat cells that contribute to health benefits and longevity. Now, what I want to tell you today is that fasting actually has an impact at a cellular level to your fat cells, actually literally changing the gene expression of these fat cells. So before we dive too deep down to the paper, I just want to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And again, um, just want to redefine what we mean by fasting, because this often is, you know, gets confused a lot. When we talk about fasting, there are many different kinds that people refer to. So caloric restriction is the, the broader concept of reducing your calorie intake. But intermittent fasting, which more recently has become quite popular, refers to a subset of fasting methods, which can take you know, many forms, actually. It consists of you know, alternate windows of fasting and then unrestricted eating. Know that during these eating windows, there's actually no specific restriction on how much you eat. Now, the reason it's become quite popular is because there is better adherence over the long term. That is to say that people are more likely to stick to these regimes compared to caloric restriction, which you basically have to count your calories throughout the day as you eat. Now, the most common form that people adopt is the so-called time-restricted feeding, which basically limits to a certain time window within a day that you can eat. But there are actually other types as well. So, you know, alternate day fasting, twice weekly fasting, even periodic fasting where you might fast for like four or five days in a stretch at a time, but only do so, you know, once every few weeks. So as I discussed the recent scientific finding on this subject, I want to be clear that 
in this clinical study that you know, I'm about to discuss actually performed using caloric restriction. That is um, just by simply reducing the number of calories a person take in a day. And for this study, they actually chose only 14, so one four percent reduction as their targets. So let's dive a bit deeper down into this paper. Um, the reason I want to talk about this is that not only is it you know, quite interesting, but also it touched upon the health benefits of fasting relating to your immune system. I think people are you know, more familiar with benefit fasting relating to something called autophagy, right? I think autophagy, maybe some of you might know about this concept, which is, you know, basically means after a period of fasting, your body actually triggers a repair response. Autophagy is basically your body's own way of cleaning out damaged cells in order to regenerate newer and healthier cells. You can think of it as a form of recycling and cleaning, a bit like hitting a reset button to your body. Now, autophagy is increased when your body is stressed, which happens during prolonged fasting. But this is not limited to fasting. It can also occur in exercise as well, for example. So that is autophagy. But what is less known is, or less talked about at least, is the direct benefits on your immune system. So going back to this paper, um, the researchers at Yale actually looked at some participants who were basically part of the calorie clinical study which looked at around 200 subjects who were otherwise healthy and randomized them into two groups, one with caloric restriction and one without. They followed them up for two years and know that they asked the intervention group to reduce their calorie restriction by around 14%. So I have a couple of points I want to share about this. So first, they looked at what happened to the thymus gland. Now, the thymus gland is the gland that sits above your heart and produce T cells, which is a type of white blood cell, which is an essential part of your immune system. As a side note, we know that the thymus ages faster than other organs. And as we age, we actually have less functional thymus cells. You may or may not know this, but for most people, by the time they reach the age of 40, most of our thymus glands are actually not functioning anymore. So it's been estimated that around 70% of their thymus glands are actually not functioning by the age of 40 onwards. That's one of the reasons why elderly people are at greater risk of illness. So back to our study. What was quite remarkable was when they measured the thymus gland on MRI after two years of calorie restriction, they found that the gland actually increased in volume and contains less fat than those who did not have caloric restriction. This is the first time we can actually visualize the thymus volume increase in size and gives rise to this concept that the thymus gland can be rejuvenated, which is really quite a novel concept in itself, you know, just based on calorie restriction. It, will not, it wasn't thought to be possible before prior to this study. Now, the second point I want to highlight about this paper is that the researchers also looked at some blood-based biomarkers as well as gene expression of the fat tissues in these subjects. And basically, they found that there was a boost in the functioning of the T-cells in the cohorts that had calorie restriction, but not the other. When they looked more deeply, they found a certain set of proteins that were inhibited because of calorie restriction. And then they, they took this finding and went back to study what happens in mice. 
And in mice, you can actually specifically reduce these proteins. And they also found that similar benefits were, you know, were seen in mice and humans. So when they followed out the mice, they found that the mice thymus glands were actually functional for longer time. And these mice were protected from diet-induced weight gain and age-related inflammation as well. Right, so as I bring my sharing to, to a close, I want to just quickly summarize what we have just discussed. At a higher level, even calorie restriction in this study of you know just around 14%, we could already see some benefits and you know some alteration in your gene expression in your fat tissue, which basically has beneficial effects on your immune regulation. So there is now a broader sort of scientific evidence to support the notion that calorie restriction leads to something we call metabolic reprogramming in our body that could have a positive effect on our immune system. And with that, I yield the mic back to Yen um, for any last kind of thoughts, and I'd be happy to take any questions later if we have time as well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Vince, for being here with us. And uh, actually, with that, I think, you know, we will be yielding the mic. Um, we try to cram a lot of information into the 30 minute slot. So we probably don't have time to take, um, you know, any questions. But feel free to tap in with Dr. Vince. And also, I wanted to let everyone know that I did reach out to Professor Dexit, who's the uh, lead author of that paper, and he has agreed um, uh, because he's currently working on another uh, related paper, but once uh, they are all done, then he's uh, willing to come onto Clubhouse and tell us about uh, you know these findings that are quite phenomenal. So do watch this space. Um, and I want to thank everyone for uh, coming to listen to this segment and uh, do uh, check in and do uh, message me with any suggestions of what you want to hear from us next time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.